31, the Brunton Bugle, your not one-stop shop for Calumated news and views. From Paul Boatine to Chris Baldstone and George O'Garney to Alan O'Brien, we've got it covered. This is episode 31 and today we're, we're not going to be covering much really because of <laughs> circumstances. But uh, we're going to be looking at some of your questions and suggested discussion topics. Uh, and we're going to be giving you a few news updates on what ex United players have been getting on to. I'm joined on this episode, as ever, by one of my regular co-hosts. And today it's Dan McLennan. I was going to ask you how it's going, Dan, but it's, it's a bit of a depressing day, really, isn't it? It's, it's not going great for Blues fans, is it? No, uh, no. Obviously, uh, the news came through uh, this afternoon of uh, after the second round of COVID tests this week that uh, our next three games are postponed, which obviously points to an increase in positive tests. And uh, obviously, we're going to discuss that in uh, a little bit more detail in a minute yeah it, it's it's just an unfortunate set of circumstances isn't it it's um I, I, and i'm not sure it's one individual player anything like that i think some people are jumping to the conclusion of that i, I think you've just got to look at the, the figures for carlisle as a city and the horrendous of them aren't they they're just moving up that table and not in the right sort of table we're moving up is it yeah yeah, it's one of those ones. So yeah, basically what we're going to do today, obviously we haven't got any matches to review because the Orient game was called off. Um, we haven't got any matches to preview because the Mansfield game's off. We'll cover that in and a sec. You forgot, you, for, you forgot the Harrogate uh, shambles again. Of course, the Harrogate yeah, game, yep. We haven't got anything to cover there. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to do a bit of a news roundup. Um, we'll do the X-Files at the end, but we're also going to... Um, answer some of your questions that you've submitted on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group and on Twitter. We've got an absolute pile of them to get through. I think some of them we might cover in not as much detail, but some we'll try and go into a bit today. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, well, let's get get straight into it then, Dan. So the news roundup. I mean, we've, we've mentioned it already there, but the next three games are postponed after the COVID outbreak in the United squad. So that news broke early today that the uh, COVID-19 outbreak in the United squad, which was limited to four players, wasn't it, I think, until the other day at the start of the week that's got even worse which means the Blues have had to call off the next three games in League 2 yeah uh, I was I was looking at Chris Beach's comments this morning prior to uh, this afternoon's news and of the the four original ones uh, it said that three of them have tested positive but were basically asymptomatic felt yeah. absolutely fine yeah. and were basically training at home you know just cracking on uh the youngest was it says it's a lad who's just broken into the first team at 18 he's actually ill uh we're going to do the decent thing we're not going to speculate on the names it's you can you can can sort of work out out yeah yeah, you can work it out but it's it's not for us to say and you know if if the players don't want their names out there that's completely their business but uh the, the the young lad who has got it is actually ill with it so you know obviously 
our best wishes go to him Absolutely. and hope Absolutely. he makes a speedy Definitely. recovery. Yep. But it's quite interesting, uh, Chris Beach said, obviously this was prior, that he has four players with it, all from different areas, three from Carlisle, one from the northeast, different age ranges, live different circumstances. One lives with the parents, one's on their own in the flat, one's on their own, doesn't say where, could be anywhere, and the other lives with family. So, you know, it's 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 a proper mixed bunch and it's as you've said, I don't think it's really you know, there's there's been any misbehaviour because we're one of the clubs that seem to have been excellent throughout. I think it's just a matter of circumstance. Carlisle is one of the worst places in the country and unfortunately it's eventually succumbed to uh to our squad. Yeah, so obviously United put a statement out uh, confirming that after later on a test this morning with further positive tests, the need for most of the squad to self-isolate as well on top of that, um, they were going to be unable to fulfil the upcoming fixtures against Mansfield, Leighton and Forest Green. Um, it's interesting, the statement does mention that there'll be a full EFL investigation into the circumstances, but I think that's just standard. I, I think that's it? just sort of standard protocol, isn't it? And it, I did notice uh, Grimsby got fined at uh, a few days ago for this when they called some games off. That was back in September, and, wasn't it? It was a while yeah. <laughs> There was actually a bit, when they've done the investigation, obviously their ex-manager now, uh, he's Paul Tisdale, wasn't it? Ian Holloway. No, Holloway, Holloway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry, I'm mixing my manager. Yeah, Ian Holloway actually told the investigation that as part of training, they were having team darts matches in the clubhouse which was completely against the mixing protocols. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't see uh, Chris Beach having had our players all playing Monopoly round the table, you know. It's... It Beach seems to take it very, very seriously, doesn't yes, he? I think because yeah. of his personal circumstances. Especially, yeah, yeah. So. He's, he's, he's quite aware, he's quite isn't aware he? He's, yeah. he's been travelling to games on his own in his car, yeah. hasn't he? And, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, including the Harrogate game, United now have four games to fit in to an already packed schedule. Now, I worked this out earlier, didn't I? You actually corrected me because it was even worse than I thought. So, based on the fact that the EFL seems to be requiring teams to fit the games in as soon as possible, and what United's next available midweek slots are... And this is obviously assuming the other teams can fit into these weeks. Exactly, exactly that. Um, United will potentially play an incredible 16 games in 55 days. That's pretty much a game every three and a half days. Eight eight consecutive Tuesday, Saturday night runs from the Newport game on the 26th of January to Stevenage on the 20th of March. And that finishes on the 20th, doesn't it? Uh, We don't have a midweek game on the 23rd, do we? No, I think the next two weeks after that, there isn't any. Then it goes. But then then you're into the Easter weeks, where everyone plays Saturday, Friday, Monday, Saturday. You, you, You can't really squeeze tuesday games in those two weeks can you so unless unless you shifted the game to a saturday and the one to the to the midweek yeah after, you would, you would have to do your friday monday to saturday tuesday to fit yeah. another tuesday in wouldn't you something like that it's yeah. i just i can't i can't get how they're gonna they're not going to extend the season. I think you know what. Let, let's leave that until because there's a few questions about this. Yeah, yeah. In the fans' questions, so we won't go any further than that because it's something I think we need to sort of chat about, isn't it? Really, because it's 
that there's a real issue heading the EFL's way in the next few weeks, I think it's fair to say. So let's start, get some positive news then, Dan. So uh, Ofrande Zanzala signs for the Blues. So one of the poorest kept transfer secrets at Brunner Park in a while, uh, thanks to his very recognisable personalised number plate being <laughs> spotted all the way down Warwick Road. Um, pa- parked very badly outside the player's house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that, that was a little bit of a giveaway, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's confirmed this week that uh, Ofrande Aussie Zanzala has signed a deal United until the end of the season. So the 23-year-old forward uh, linked up with the Blues after being recently released by early from his contract with Crew Alexandra. The Congo-born player began his career at Derby County in their academy and he had loan spells with Stephen Ince at Chester and Accrington Stanley whilst with the Rams. He then signed permanently with Aki, spent two seasons at the club and he featured quite heavily in their side that won the League 2 title in 2019. He then moved to Gresty Road in the summer, but he failed to pin down a regular place prior to his departure. Um, seems a pretty decent sign in this, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I think, you know, judging from his social media since he's moved, he's, I don't think he's been happy with his spell at Crew. It hasn't really happened for him. Uh, you know, I think he's, he's he's got a point to prove, seems to be uh, the message he's giving. And he's got the experience of a promotion with Accrington, where he he, he was well thought of, you know. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good signing. I mean, it's only to the end of the season, but there was no mention of any review, but it wouldn't surprise if there was one somewhere. It's one of those ones, if he does well, then he'll, he'll get his deal extended by his if, if possible. Yeah. If not, he'll move on somewhere else. But, but there you go, yeah. So it's a quick remove to replace uh, Riley, isn't it, really? Um He's been described as a pretty good character by Blues Boss Beach. I think that seems to be something that he's really keen on, isn't he? Making sure you get good characters in the building as much as yeah, anything. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously Beach is part of the sort of the M62 corridor, isn't he? Where everybody mm. in football knows everybody. And I'm pretty sure he knows people at Accrington and crew that he's uh, done his research on him. And I think it helps as well, actually, in terms of that, that he, he knows quite a few of our squad already, doesn't he? Because I think he, he knows Nick Anderton. I think he played with him for a while. Um, I, I think he played Callum Guy. with Callum Guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, he's, I think he said he played with Aaron Hayden quite, against Aaron Hayden quite a bit, I think, in the Midlands, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting one he did say was um, that one of his best friends in football, apparently, is Kwame Thomas. Yeah, who we had yeah. on uh, trial under Stephen yeah, Presley. Let's go. Yeah, uh, his upbringing's really interesting, though, isn't it? I was reading about this. Um, he, he fleed Congo uh, during the Second Congo Civil War at the age of just two with his family. They lived in Austria for six years before moving to the UK. So he's you can't say, say he's had a pampered upbringing, can you? I think it's fair to say. Really, no, not at, all. not at all. No. There you go. Well, good luck to uh, Aussie, and hopefully we'll get to see him in action soon. <laughs> it's going to be amazing this because of this gap in games. It's going to be a twenty-four day gap between our game against Walsall and our game against Newport. Here's a quick question for you: Do you know what his middle names are? Go on. I, I didn't read these, but go on. Ofrande Jolinold Serge Zanzala. That's terrific. Absolutely terrific, guys. And he was uh, born in was it uh, Brazzaville or something like that? I think it is Brazzaville. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And he's he's while he little uh, bit of Congo knowledge, he's the first Congolese-born player we've had, but he's not the first of Congolese descent because former Manchester United loanee Charney Ekamanjini was of all born in yeah. Belgium. He was of Congolese descent, and the, the the other link was Mick Wadsworth managed Congo for a bit. 
Of course he did. Of course he did. It's interesting, like, because I think you, you tend to find with a lot of these Congo players, although they were born there, and you think, oh, you know, they must have a decent chance of playing for the national team. Understandably, they're not particularly keen to go back <laughs> and yeah, play there. Yeah. So it's one of those ones, isn't it? Um, okay, let's go into the next one. Uh, another bit of transfer news. I think we all saw this one coming. Ethan Walker, recalled by Preston North End. I think we sort of touched on it, didn't we, in recent episodes that with the expanded benches for um, championship sides, being able to name nine players on the bench, I think it was always inevitable, really, wasn't it, that eventually there was a decent chance he was going to get recalled by Preston, wasn't there? Even though he only played five games, was he impressed? And they clearly want to fill the spaces, don't they? Yeah, there was an, an article around Christmas from a Preston manager sort of saying, you know, we've got injuries, COVID, bigger bench, you know, there's there's a chance that we may need him, you know, so... You know, he, he looked half decent in his, his few appearances and best of luck to the lad, you know. I mean, to be honest, I don't think he would have probably got much of a game because... No, because the squad's he, settled now, isn't it, really? Yeah, he, he he tended to come on and play on the left-hand side. At the moment, we usually have Patrick starting. We've got two there to come off the bench and we've got Dickinson back at fitness. So, yeah, it's one of those you know, ones. Sort of well, well stocked up in the wide areas. Yeah, uh, he was on the bench for the Lille Whites FA Cup defeat against Wickham, but wasn't brought on as they lost four one to the Chair Boys. Next up, Dan, uh, another Player of the Month award nomination. Um, Callum Guy is up for two awards for December. Um, not really a big surprise for Blue fans, this, although it's nice to see him getting some outside recognition finally. So he's up for well, I say he's up for one of them's actually been confirmed this morning, so he hasn't got it sadly. Um, but he's up for the PFA award, which is still the voting still open. I think till the weekend. I think so. the PFA one's a more important one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is this confused me because the two ones he's up for are the PFA award and the Give Me Sport award. I always thought Give Me Sport was the PFA one. I always thought that Give Me Sport was something to do with the PFA website or something. Who knows? I remember knows? back in the day, but I've never heard of the Give Me Sport one before, so it's a bit of an unusual one. But yeah, he's up for the PFA one. If you Basically, we've we put the links up on our Twitter feed, haven't we, on the Cumbrian's Net one and the Brunton Bugle one. So get yourself on there, get the votes in, and let's get uh, Callum the recognition he deserves for his excellent season he's been having with us. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to step in here. I hope he doesn't win it because I don't want oh, people God. to know about him. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> sad, sadly, I think we're past that because he's 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 regularly topping the uh, the, the tables for yeah. you know ball retention and yeah. interceptions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's fairly well known that he's uh, an integral part of our team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, next up, uh, I following viewing figures uh, continue to rise. We we got a little bit of insight in this, didn't we, at the CESG meeting the other night, Dan? Um, so the yeah. club. Have provided the latest update on iFollow figures. It's actually on the official website. This stuff uh, for United and the Blues. With well, the Blues in such good form, it's not really a surprise, is it, that fans are desperate to catch the lads in action? So, uh, just a few of the stats that come out from this: uh, over eighteen thousand paid streams in total after twenty-one games. Uh, total income earned after twenty-one games is one hundred thirty-eight thousand. It's a decent amount of that, to be fair. All things considered. Um, second in League 2 for home paid streams per game and six for away paid streams this season. I'm going to guess top is going to be Bolton, is it, you'd think? Bolton or Bradford, you would think. I, I heard Bradford aren't doing as well on it as you'd expect. Yeah, well, they're also having a poor season, aren't they? 
Yeah, it probably doesn't help them. Um, new home record of 1,118 for the last home game against Bolton, and that was even with 2,000 fans at the game. Uh, new away record of 1,318 for the last away game at Walsall, and the average income per home and away game continues to rise. Obviously, we're going to have a little gap now. Possibly... Just, just to uh, just to give a little sort of thing yeah. to these numbers, we've been told that some teams are in the low hundreds, and one team was literally fifty streams for one game. Yeah, I mean, which, is, which is incredible, really. Some of the smaller clubs just aren't going to have fans of that interested, though, are they? That's the thing. No, it's no. Just the way it is. It's. Uh, I mean, I, I I still know people who have no interest in watching on a stream. They either listen to listen to the radio or go to the match you know yeah yeah there's, there's some fans who as well who, who will only watch the home ones they're yeah, like interested yeah. in watching the ways even though the club does get a benefit from those sales <laughs> they just won't watch it it's a strange one isn't it um so yeah it, it's, it's looking good on the old i follow thing it was an interesting discussion wasn't it about the that we had with uh nigel clippins was on the uh, csg thing and the challenges they're going to face going forward after you know things start to return yeah, back yeah. to normal how they deal with the the genie being out of the bottle with iPhone. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah. Um, final bit of news, Dan. It's just a little one here that obviously the blue store is shut for the lockdown. So kind of expected. A little bit surprising though that they've shut down the online store as well at the same time. You'd have thought maybe someone would been going in a couple of days a week to post stuff up. But... I, I, I think that is just so they don't have to basically fanny on with having someone in and out of furlough, etc. Yeah, yeah, and and also. Uh, maybe the sales aren't quite as good right now. Possibly that's that's one issue as well. But what I would expect is once things do return to a little bit of normal, there'll be a big sale in that shop as usual. It yeah. happens at this time of year. There you go. Uh, okay, so uh, normally next up we would be reviewing the the most recent match action, won't we, Dan? But nothing to review this week. No, no games no. have happened. His last game was the Walsall game. So, um, in lieu of any matches to review or preview, we've opened the floor up in this section for you to send in your questions. Uh, we asked on both Twitter and on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group um, if there's anything you wanted us to chat about, Carl United past and present. Um, we've had some uh, great questions sent in. Uh, there's quite a few that are COVID-based, so we're going to go on those first because I want to sort of get them out of the way because some of these we'll cover quite quickly, I think it's fair to say. So we'll try and get these to minimum, get them boxed off. So first up, we've got a, a, a Jay Coleman on Twitter says, any advice for things to do in Harrogate at night during a lockdown, please? Uh, I wonder what that, who that one come from. <laughs> <laughs> so poor old John, like, it oh, can't be much fun being sat in your car, bloody nothing to do. I, uh, I think judging from his uh, comments on Twitter, he was happy not to be sharing with a certain Mr. James Phillips music choice. Yes. He I think a, we're being very diplomatic there. Yeah. He's not, not a big fan of that. Well, John, my advice next time, if you're feeling hungry, and I, I know you're a man who likes a good uh, chippy, like myself, um, drive up the road to Weatherby. Go to the Weatherby Whaler, see if they're open, and uh, grab yourself a nice bag of chips. I love the Weatherby Whaler, because I used to spend a lot of time down that way, because my uh, uncle and auntie used to live near, uh, in Weatherby, and near Weatherby later on. Um, so you spend a lot of time down the way in the Weatherby Whaler. Top, top notch, chippy. That's my advice anyway. I too have a tale about the Weatherby Whaler, oh, but it's on. probably best not for this podcast. Oh, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that kind of tale then, right? We'll, we'll maybe leave it yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Having a look, there's a Brynham Rocks is nearby, according to the trip advisor, John. Um, and I'm guessing a, a set of rocks are going to be open. 
then I've got to even be able to shut them, are they? So, yeah. I, I wouldn't advise going to have a look when it's dark. So. <laughs> Maybe not, though. Maybe not. But that, that's the only thing that's probably going to be open, so there you go. Um, but yeah, so yeah, there's not much for you to do, John. I'm sorry about that. Hopefully, by uh, maybe by um, you know May next year, you might get to go to Harrogate for a game. You never know. Okay, let's get on to the next, the first serious question. Then I suppose. Um, so Ryan Hogarth uh, on Beaches and Fearnot Group sent this one. So he said, "Do you think the announcement of testing twice a week might prompt us into making more signings than we might have done? Uh, going to be a long season with players potentially missing for ten days at a time." I, I think it's a fair point, this, actually. I think there's a good chance that maybe we might be looking at it and thinking we only maybe need one or two signings here and there. But this might be a little wake-up call to make them think, well, actually, maybe we need to get a few more bodies in to cover positions, possibly. What do you think, Dan? Uh, I don't know, because Chris Beach seems as though he fairly knew what he needed. Uh We've obviously got Zanzala in. There's rumours that Chedwin Scott is possibly close to coming in the building. Yeah. In fact, I'm led to believe he was potentially lined up before today's announcement, which has probably put it back a couple of weeks. Uh, this this unfortunate break will actually work in the favour of George Tanner and uh, Danny Devine. Yep, We've got Dickinson just just back from injury. We've got Charters and Dixon pushing on. I don't think it will affect our incomings as much as we think, personally. Hmm. Fair enough. I, I just think maybe they might look and think, if there's a risk of losing two players every couple of weeks for two weeks, do we need maybe to have one or two you, you more could, players? You could, maybe, you, could maybe, you could maybe bring an extra one in, couldn't you? Yeah, maybe a youngster and loads. Sort of a, a utility player or something, yeah. you know. Yeah, possibly, possibly. There you go. Um, okay, I think we've covered that one for you then, right? Um, next up, Dave Gales, uh, someone we, I think we both know, um, on Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group. Um, do you think the season will get to the end? Bloody hell, Dave. <laughs> Cheery question for us there. <laughs> How long's a piece of string, Dave? <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, uh, I, I think it will. I think I think they'll complete yes. the season. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll complete... But would it be the biggest surprise if there was an extension? Probably not. Yeah, I, I, this is the point I was going to touch on before. I can't see how they won't extend the season, though. I just can't. There's, there's, there's no way that they can keep this charade up of thinking, yes, we'll definitely finish the 8th of May. No bother about that. We'll definitely finish for that day. It's not going to happen. It's not realistic. It, it's stupid that you're putting players under pressure. Yeah, I know there's the Euros coming, but... You could easily put an extra two weeks onto our season and then you could basically do the playoffs in one week. I, I can't see the issue with that, can you, personally? Uh, the only thing that you would potentially have there is you might lose Wembley for the playoffs because UEFA will want Wembley from a certain date if the Euros go ahead. But given that we have no fans going in, is that a major hassle? Just, just put them at Old Trafford. <laughs> just, just do that. That's the easiest solution, isn't it? To, to be honest, you could. Well, I suppose England will be using St George's Park, but you know, there's there's plenty of places that will will be able to uh, to be become a bubble for playoff finals. So. Yeah, just just have it have it Anfield, have it at Old Trafford, have it somewhere in the north, basically, instead of a big ground. 
I mean, I think somewhere Anfield's probably better actually because the the capacity is a little bit smaller um, than alternative. But you, you, you'd create probably a better atmosphere in that sense. You're just um, saying that because you live in Liverpool. <laughs> you're just saying you that because you're living in Liverpool. Yeah. And you've got, you, you're going to hire the world's <laughs> highest cherry picker, aren't you? you can't over the on. back of the Anfield Road end. Bloody hell, you need a bloody big cherry picker to go. What that, time are we meeting you? for that? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what are we on about? We don't need, we want one playoffs. We're going up, no, champions. No. Automatically, of course we are, of course. Yeah, um, I won't be interested in, in Salford City versus Colchester United. No, no, definitely not. Uh, so to answer your question there, Dave, yes, I think it will. I think... I think it's just realistically the season's got to be extended. It just has to happen. Even if you if you just stick the championship season to what it is, they've got a bit more space. They might have to play through some international breaks, possibly. That might be the way they'll do it. I don't know, but there you go. Yep. Uh, okay, next up, uh, Andy Slee on Twitter has asked us thoughts on the new iFollow coverage with away comms only. Well, we only got to experience this once, and I don't know, were you working, Dan, possibly, when this Warsaw game was on, or do you catch yes, the Warsaw yes. game? Yes, yes, I just had it on radio quietly in yeah. the background at Yeah, work. so you, you had the interesting experience of listening to, uh, sorry, Lummy and James commentating on the video coverage of the game. So I'm guessing you have to knock, knock off your notifications on your phone anyway when that yeah. happens, because you don't want to find out when the goals are going in. But um, I listened to it, and it was interesting, because... Uh, there's always a feeling that home companies are quite biased and see things very differently to you. But they were very complimentary, the Walsall guys, in terms of how we played it. They said, you know, we were, we were decent. And, it, you know, it was, it's just the way it's going to be for a while, isn't it? We've just got to deal with it. I don't see a major issue if you get someone who's incredibly partisan. Uh, I don't think James and Lummy are too partisan, to be honest. I think, yeah, of course, no, they're going to be a bit more no. inclined towards the home team, but I think they're generally good, so... Just, that's that's going to be a natural thing as well, isn't it? You know, I mean, yeah. if you've got commentary teams who commentate on the same same players every yeah. week, you know, there's, there's going to be a little bit of... Of course. Of course, that's the way it's going to be. So, yeah, I think generally it, it, it's fine. I've not seen any issues of it, to be honest. Uh, next up is from Kalar Blue Army Hub on Twitter, who says... Would you rather we play despite COVID cases and risk getting more cases or stop playing for 14 days and risk having a disadvantage if the season is called off? Well, to be honest, I don't think we would have a disadvantage at the moment because of points per game. These other teams might catch up and overhaul us, but we'd probably still be ahead of them on points per game simply because we've played less games and averaging just about two points a game, aren't we? So actually, it's not too bad. And the, the fact that if you lose those games, you put in our weaker squads... I I can't see any advantage of carrying on playing if let, let's have a guess here and say let's say eleven players came back with positive cases today. We don't know. We have no idea how many have come back. But let's say eleven have come back. So you reduce down to a squad of fourteen. But then some of those players have mixed with those players who've got the positive test and could become positive a, a little bit down the road. It's not worth the risk, is it, Dan? To be honest. There's also the thing of yes, you could stop games for two weeks. But the players will still need to train for two weeks. So the players are going to be mixing in their team bubble anyway. So the only way you would get that would be to have a stoppage of, say, a month where they have two weeks away, then they come back and train for two weeks prior to starting again. Yeah. So a, a, a two-week stoppage, it's not really worth it. Yeah. And you, would, you would need at least four weeks, in my opinion. With this stoppage, we're going into that Newport game potentially with pretty much no training before it. That that's a big risk as well, I think. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. It could it'd be interesting to see. It wouldn't be the biggest surprise if Newport potentially 
uh, went as well. Possibly. I mean, it's, it's, it's gonna, you're going to see more clubs as well pick up cases as well. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks, I think it's fair to say. Okay, next up, uh, Ian on Twitter. No, got no surname here. So, do you think United will call off other games if we have more positive COVID tests? Will Beach stay at home in that respect regarding the high risk to his son, Brandon? Well, I think Chris Beach has been quite smart for all this and he knows all the risks and obviously he's got a very personal what's the phrase, personal sort of connection to it all. So I, I, I don't think there's any issue there. I think he, he's sticking to the rules. I think he'd want to protect his son, of course. In terms of Coleman games, well, if, if there's more cases and it carries on, then yeah, we'll have to. We don't have any choice. It's just the way it is. Um, but that sums that one up, doesn't it, Dan? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, think, I, think, I think Chris Beach basically knows what's best for him and his family's health. Absolutely. Okay, uh... Last up in the sort of COVID-related questions, at least, uh, Lewis Ridley on Twitter. Um, do the recent call-offs due to weather and power cuts accentuate the importance of completing games so long as clubs can field a team rather than call them off when some of the players are able to play due to COVID? I think it does. I think the, 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 it, it's a problem that's brought on by the EFL's insistence that the season's going to finish on May the 8th. Um, it, it depends how many players test positive, doesn't it, really? And as we said before, a lot of players are in bubbles, so you've got players living in clubhouses together. One of them gets it, then, well, the other four potentially living there might be affected too. So it's one of those ones, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, it's... Uh, I think I, I think it's basically a week-to-week basis at the moment, you know, because this week it's Carlisle United. Next week it could be, I don't know, Walsall. And a week later yeah. it could be Salford. And then another week later, there could be two teams, and it, it's basically. I think. I think it's just. Uh, it's a week to week existence for the league at the moment, and you're gonna find weeks probably, aren't you, where teams are trying to fit fixtures in, and then suddenly at the weekend, two of the two of the games that they're trying to maybe fit are called off of other clubs, and then the opponents of those clubs will go, well, actually, we've got a game to fit in here. Let's fit it in now. You might find that starts to happen possibly. You yeah. Yeah. Mean? Yeah, so games yeah. get played on Saturday. So you might find there's opportunities to fit games in here and there. Well, uh, I was going to say the Premier League did that this week when uh, Tottenham it's, ended up yeah. playing Fulham. Yeah, so you th- know. Th- there's potential opportunities for that. There are opportunities to fit games in, but they're becoming less and less, aren't they? As we, as we I mean, we, we, we could see it where if, if one team has to call games off, you know, uh, who's to say Man- if Mansfield for Saturday had a game spare and someone else was spare it would make sense to play it then yeah we i think we will see that happen as the weeks go by yeah definitely i mean looking at it we're only going to get to the half season point on the 30th of january that that's the kind of situation we're in here and normally you get that on boxing day because there's a a full another full month missed out and we still got stuff to pack in for the end of the season so there you go Okay, let's move off the COVID stuff now. Get get on some other topics. Um, I've put all the questions in that were submitted in, but we're not going to answer them all today because some of them need me and you to do a bit of research, I think, in terms of our picks, in terms of 
best teams and things like that. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Um, first up, CUFC stuff on Twitter uh, sent this one in. And this is one that me and you have sort of discussed on WhatsApp, haven't we, recently? So it's 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 quite a, it's a good point to raise, actually. We're quite glad it's been raised. So Beach's recent comments on the training situation. So the club recent, currently don't have anywhere suitable to train. The training pitch is constantly waterlogged and venues we'd usually borrow, e.g. Penrith Rugby Club, are unavailable during the lockdown. Do the club need to address this as soon as possible? So obviously the club, Beach revealed in at the start of this week that the club have only been able to train in the Neil Sports Centre and because of the size of the Sports Centre, they have to go in in smaller groups separately, aren't they? They can't all yeah, train together yeah, at the moment. is isn't ideal. I mean, that's not ideal at all for a football league club, is it really? No, no. Um, but, Yes, I think is the answer. It needs. I think it's something that not just the short term but the long term needs addressed, doesn't it? In I'm, terms I'm of assuming training Crichton is unavailable for the same reasons that Penrith is. Well, the the, the youth teams game against um, who was it? Port Vale last week was called off, wasn't it? Yeah, on a pitch, and that's basically the pitch they use for training. Yeah, so, and I, I think I think Crichton does get a bit boggy uh, uh, this time of year up up there. Yeah, it's it's the club basically needs to find somewhere, doesn't it? Some land that they can claim as their own as their training ground, get it bought, and build a proper facility. Have, have, that, have a grass pitch and a four G pitch, but easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. It's easier yeah. said than done, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Brunton Park, there's a pitch there, but it, it it it's only really useful in the summer months. Yeah, yeah. Once it gets to the winter, it gets so boggy because basically people say, oh, well, you know, you do it up properly in that the thing is it's where the water table is it's right next yeah, to the river yeah, so yeah. if the river's high it might not be flooding it but below the ground the water's coming up as well Yeah, and yeah. that affects the pitch and that and obviously yeah. when it rains it gets even worse so it's just not a suitable surface Crichton's much better it's on higher ground but obviously that's bad at the moment but it's not our it's not ours either is it we're basically using two rugby clubs grounds an amateur rugby club local rugby club in a regional sort of national rugby club in Penrith yeah, yeah. 4G facilities at Penrith, which is helpful. But we, the club needs basically its own facilities for this, doesn't it? We've all, I've always said if I won the Euro Millions and I was to buy Cal United, I wouldn't put money into transfers. I'd basically invest in facilities, improve Brunner yeah, Park, and yeah. most of all, get the club its own training ground. That's what it needs, basically. It needs a good facility. Something they can hire out during the week to, you know, fans to come and play on the 4G pitch yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, you know, for midweek and things like that. Um, yeah, I think we're both in agreement on that, isn't it? It needs to be sorted, really. Where you'd build yeah. it, I don't know. I, I don't know Carl either. Well, you know better than me, so you'd probably be able to suggest places, Dan. But... You would probably be looking at somewhere just off the motorway, wouldn't you, to be honest? Well, would you potentially look at where, you know, the Southern Bypass is going to be? A lot of land going to be built, that, potentially built around there. Yeah, that, that would that would be a, a potential. Obviously, keeping it away from sort of the, you know, the Colgy and the Eden and places like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a difficult challenge. Um, yes. Yeah, in a total agreement on that one, CFC stuff, so good question. Um, this one from Ross Parkinson. This is one I've discussed with other people as well recently. So it's, if you could take one player from another League 2 club and put them in this team, who would it be? Because I've said this today, I've not been that impressed by a lot of other... Maybe it's because our players are so good this season. There's no one yeah. I've sort of sat there and thought, oh, they're really good, I'd like them in the team, but I don't know. Uh Paul Mullen at Cambridge. His he's goals have dried season. up a little bit, haven't they? And would he fit into this yeah, team? a little bit, but he scores goals. And we, we, I know we don't have an out-and-out goal scorer the way we play, but uh, 
He's, he's still he's still scoring. He's, he's scored two in his last four games. I think he's scored was, twenty all season. Yeah, I think if I was going to pick a couple out, I'd probably say uh, Alfie I mean, May. Well, uh, some, Cheltenham. I was some, impressed some, with him. Yeah, and anyone would take Ian Henderson from Salford, wouldn't they? You know. Yeah. Although they're not making particularly good use of him, are they? Really, he's not scoring no, many goals. No, no. Yeah, it's one of those ones. I think I'd, I'd put Alfie May in our team definitely. I think he'd, he'd be a good addition. And probably that lad who tore us apart for Tranmere for about 20 minutes in that game. He looked really good in that match. I don't know how good he's been generally, but he's one I'd have. But it's a tough one, that one. Because we're not probably seen as much, maybe, of League 2 as we would, would normally. Yeah, so yeah. Well, I mean, we, one to we, judge. Literally see, uh, we literally see highlights on Quest and that's it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, okay. Next up, our old friend Greg Bullman on Twitter sent this one in. Uh, Greg says, do you think the season has been a lot more positive because of the negative supporters have not been in Brunton Park? Um, and there's, there's a dig at a lot of people from Greg. Um, to be honest, I kind of agree with this. I, I think basically the fact that it's been generally, obviously there's not been fans there for long periods, but then when fans have gone to games, they've been so pleased to be at the matches. And we've been playing so well already. There's generally been a positive feeling, even when we, you know, yeah, yeah. went free free against Bolton. There was no negative feeling then, was there? No, no. I, I mean, both both times uh, we were back for the first game. Everyone was just like, "Get in, we're going to watch a football match," you know. Yeah. So yes, Greg is the answer there for you. Nice quick one there for you. Um, next up is Fox Analytics. Um, you should give him a follow on Twitter if you don't. You put some really interesting stuff up about. Uh, the way United have been playing this season, a bit of an analysis on that stuff. Um, his question is, what are your thoughts on Carlisle's use of long throws into the opposition penalty box? Uh, we've discussed it a few times, haven't we? We've, we've yeah, we've, views, men- we've it? mentioned it before. It's uh, it's obviously an excellent weapon to have, but we did notice a couple of teams who seem to be prepared for it would be the, the, correct, the correct term, I would say. I, I think the problem is as well... It, it's a lot easier for us to do at Brunton Park because there's space around the pitch. And yeah, Kyrie yeah. can get a nice long run up and he can put his foot just onto the pitch because he's allowed to yeah, do that. Yeah, remember yeah. that? Um, whereas you look at some of the grounds we've been at and he's having to take like a curved run up, isn't he? He's having to, he's having to start like 30 yards further back, like 10 yards back down the pitch and sort of curve his run up at the end and do to throw it on the pitch, isn't he? So it's it's more challenging at those grounds. Um, yeah, um, my feeling is it, it just fits in with the way we play. We're yeah, very direct yeah. and we like getting the ball in the box and getting chances off. And, you know, we've seen like Joe Riley's goal against Stevenage. He doesn't always come as, from as the first As long as we don't flick. become too over-reliant on it, that's that's the key to it for me. Yeah, and, and obviously the risk there is obviously if Coyote gets injured, then what do we do? I know we've got Alessandra to take them, but not quite as good as Coyote's throw, are they? So uh, I, I think it's a good weapon. I, I don't have any major issue with it. And some opposition managers may bleat on about it, mentioning no names, you never. Um... There's nothing wrong with it. It's a perfectly legit, legitimate weapon to use in the, on the football pitch. So there you go. Next up, Paul Slate on Be Just and Fear Not. Uh, he said, thinking about previous comments about squad depth, let's go back to the days of one sub, e.g. the 1980s. Uh, it was often more of a utility player or a general midfielder who could play various positions. Obviously, Jeff Thorpe, obviously that was in the 90s though. Um, or even someone, usually a striker, could change the game like Janssen the late 90s. Obviously, we had three subs then, but yeah, yeah. obviously sometimes one would be a goal if you more or less had two. Um, if you could only have one sub now, who in this squad would be the ideal choice? It's a great question. Yes. That's a great question. Uh, if you're looking for someone who can 
defensively, I would probably suggest Joe Riley because we know he can play right back, left back, central midfield, and he knows how to score a goal after his cracking uh, volley. Well, he, he can play on the wing, can't he? He's also, I mean, it's yeah, a front three yeah. as well. I think he's a fit. That's not a bad shelf. I mean, I'm just having a quick look through the squad now. I, mean, you I would also suggest, uh, obviously, I would want to take him out the first 11, but Alessandra's got the brain to cover several positions. Yeah. Obviously, we use him at his most effective, but I think he would, I think he would slot in anywhere across the midfield or up front if he needed to do a job. Yeah, I think obviously Danny Devine possibly as well. He yeah, can play yeah, across the midfield yeah. and he can play probably across the defence, you'd imagine as well. So yeah. they're probably the ones, Joe Riley, Devine and um, Alessandra, the yeah. three you'd pick from depending on what yeah. sort of game you're going into. But it's an interesting question. That, and it, John, John, Mellish, John Mellish is another. Now he's the uh, accomplished attacking midfield maestro that he yeah. is. You know. He can play left back and I still think he probably could play centre back if you, yeah, yeah. you know, coached out the old uh, bringing the ball out a bit too much out of him but there you go um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting question that one it'd be interesting to see how managers would cope if they went back to the days of having one sub or just three subs even how would you manage that because yeah, obviously yeah. you look back to the 90s and sometimes we'd have like I said you'd have a Yanton on there but then you'd maybe have a Tony Hopper as the other sub yeah, knowing yeah. that Hopper could play pretty much across the midfield and across the back four as well so um, yeah really interesting question that uh, next up Paul Mallison Again, on BGS and Fenwick Group, says, How does the current team compare with the 94 95 side, Mountfield and Walling or Bennett and Hayden? Which is better? So, oof, this is a tough question, this one, isn't it? Um, I think you've got to go with Mountfield and Walling purely on the fact that we absolutely walked that league. Mountfield was obviously a class act coming towards the end of his career. Dino's a cult legend. And Hayden and Bennett had the potential, but I don't think they'll quite hit the heights of those two. That's my opinion. It's a different era as well, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's yeah, the key thing. True, true, yeah. The days of like someone like Dean Walling, if, he, if he'd had a season like he had back then now, you'd have championship clubs coming in for him probably. Yeah, yeah definitely. We're probably going to have clubs sniffing around Hayden come this summer. It's just inevitable because he's playing so well. And Bennett, similar. Um, I think, I'd agree, I think Mountfield and Walling for me are better just at the moment. But, I mean, the way Hayden and Bennett are playing has been superb yeah, so far this yeah. season. In terms of the overall team, I, 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 it's a different era, isn't it? That's the thing. The way football's yeah. played now is a lot different. Players are a lot fitter than they used to be back then. Technically a lot better. I, think, I genuinely think some of the poorer teams we've had in the last 10, 15 years probably give that 94-5, 95 one, side one, one a good, a good game. Night, but, go on, sorry. One thing with a 94-95 team, if I went a goal down, you weren't bothered in the slightest because yeah. you just thought, oh, we'll get at least a draw. We're going to yeah. score today. And, and we were direct and side back then than as well. not, we would win. Well, we, Fucking long to Reeves. People don't realise how, how direct we were under Mick Wadsworth that season. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of the likes of Curry's and Thomas's goals sort of overshone the fact that it was route one to get the ball to them. Yeah, get it up to Reeves. He 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 basically hold on to it, get into the box and get a shot away, or get someone up there with him. Um, like I said, obviously, in terms of the whole saying that you know the 
later sides would easily be 94 95 doesn't account the fact that 94 95 sides if you gave them the sort of training and diets and stuff like that you get now yeah, yeah would be yeah. much better sides as well so yeah. you've got to account for that but there you go um i mean i i sorry just just quickly on that i always say i think 96 97 would hammer 94 95 yeah interesting that one interesting i'm not it, 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 a lot of people say we play better football under mervyn day than we did under we did for me, yeah, yeah, under Wadsworth, yeah. and some people even argue that the football we played under Wilkes and Halpin was yeah. a step up as well, quite often at times. Okay, we're a bit tight for time today, Dan, aren't we? So I think what we'll do is um, we're not going to cover the last few questions. There's four more questions left. What we'll do is we'll carry them over to the next episode. And we'll cover a few more in that one. So um, thanks everyone for sending the questions, and we really do appreciate it. It's been a interesting to chat through a few of those if you've got any more send them in for the next episode because we're not going to have any games to cover so <laughs> might as well um so yeah uh final bit up here dan uh the x files i think you were just going to quickly round these bits up were you? there's not much to cover this yeah weekend, not, not not too many goals at the weekend but uh yet and medine both scored again for blackpool in their excellent fa cup win over west brom they're starting to notch one or two goals yeah. ashley ellison got one as well uh, didn't he for yeah, I've, oh. I've got a couple of former loanee, Max Aimer, scored. Yeah. Uh, Sean yeah. Brisley scored for uh, Paul Vale, is that now, isn't he? Blimey. Yeah, Ashley Addison rightfully took the uh, some of the headlines for Crawley in their fantastic win over Leeds. Mm. Uh, I Actually, I had this game on the radio driving home from work and yeah. Madison was compared to a a lower league Jamie Vardy, no less. <laughs> yeah, interesting. That one, and then midweek, we got an absolute belter. Arthur Ganauer scored for Bolton. <laughs> Fantastic. And then not really an ex-player, but he's an ex-trialist, uh, one that I still say we should have signed to this day. Uh, Lauren Shankland scored an absolute belter. For Unbelievable goal this, wasn't it? Unbelievable. It is worth searching on Twitter or YouTube because he bangs it in from about 50-odd yards, and he means it as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he really does. Uh, just a couple other little bits. Uh, Salford have released uh, former loanee Martin Smith. I think he only played once or twice for us, didn't yeah. he, when we had him from Sunderland. And one of the more well-publicised ones. Uh, looks like Jared Branthwaite is going to Blackburn on loan for the season. Yeah, which is probably move, a perfect really. move for him. Good, solid move. Uh, I know Blackburn have got two or three centre-backs out, so he's likely to play. And um, whereas last season, Everton had no centre-backs. They've actually, he's some well weeks have been on, playing four across, four across the back with uh, Mina, Keane, Godfrey and Holgate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, some football will do. Uh... Oh, and one last one that you, uh, yeah. you, you highlighted. Yeah. Bohemians are looking to snatch Bastian Heading from Linfield ahead of St. Patrick's. Yeah, he's doing a little tour of Ireland, isn't he? He's uh, yeah, notching yeah. up the clubs over the over the Irish Sea. There you go. Yeah, uh, thanks for that, Dan. Then that's all the X Files stuff done. So uh, that's it for this episode. Um, thanks for joining me once again. If anyone hasn't noticed, you'll notice the point where Dan's uh, laptop battery died. During this episode, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go and grab some AirPods and switch uh, onto my phone to record. And so, so yeah. if the quality isn't as good for the last five minutes, uh, I send my apologies. What we go. are going to do, though, which I tweeted about on our account earlier, obviously, we're not going to have any football for a while. So, we've done the questions today. 
we're probably looking at getting a mid-season review in next yeah. week while there's no matches. Yeah. Uh, the league table's never going to have all teams on 23 games at the same time. That's that's just not happening. So it's as good a time as any with no Carlisle action for us to have a look back. And uh, we might try and get see if we can get anyone on to come and have a chat with us about it. And you know what? We're going to finally get that special done, aren't we? It, it's going to happen. Yeah, we'll it's get that special done at some point. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, so... Yeah, as usual, thank you everyone for listening. Um, if you've got any comments or feedback, anything you'd like to discuss, please send them in via Twitter to at Brunton Bugle or by email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com. If you got, haven't ever done so already, uh, please remember you can subscribe to the podcast for all good podcast apps, including Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Uh, please do give us a review as well. We do appreciate it. Five stars is always nice if you can. Um, very quick roundup of the world map of listeners, Dan, because um, we have got a couple of new countries in there. Brazil and Romania are our two new countries. Well, it was interesting because when I was uh, walking up Botchagate today, I noticed a Brazilian shop on Botchagate. Uh, apparently, mm. there's a small community of Brazilians in the town these days. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe one of them has saw how good we are and mentioned it to a relative back home. Oh, there you go. You never know. <laughs> Probably you never not. Know. Right. Anyway, no, ah, ah, no, no, stop, stop, stop. I know of a Carlisle fan who's in Brazil at the moment. Ah, well, there you go. Ah, yes, I do. Uh, a friend who's a regular listener mentioned that his friend, who I, I know his face, is in Brazil. So I'm going to guess it's you. And if it is, give us a shout on social media. Yep, definitely. We'll give you a shout on the podcast as well. Um, that's it then, Dan. What, what did you say the other one was? Sorry, Romania. Romania, yes. God knows who that is, but there you go. Absolutely uh, no idea. <laughs> there you go. Right, Dan, thanks once again for joining me. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back sometime next week to do, um, like I said, the half season roundup, and we'll get a special recorded. We promise you we'll get that done. Yeah, next why week. not? We'll definitely. follow you. Cool. Right, thanks everyone for listening uh, as usual, and once again, up the blues. Up the blues.